Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Spring has sprung, and I had to kick open all the doors and windows and record this episode, which means you will hear halibirds, and they're delightful springy birds. I hope you enjoy them. And I hope you enjoy this question from a listener who left me a voicemail. Hey, Jessica. I just actually wanted to figure out how your zodiac sign can affect your best friend. Because when I was telling my best friend that, like, the best friend of Aquarius is not a Gemini, she was like, so we're not meant to be, so we're not this, we're not that. So actually, I just want to ask if this rule can be broken. Thank you. So this is such an important question and, you know, I got it a couple weeks ago and it's just really sat with me and I felt compelled to answer it. So these rules that we read about on the internet and sometimes in books about what signs are compatible with who. So I'm a Gemini, I should only be friends with Aquarius or I should never be friends with Aquarius or whatever it is, is way too simple. My friends, it is, in my view, clickbait. I do think that it is a fun entry point to astrology. Thinking about sun sign compatibility is a really kind of engaging entry point to astrology, which if you like it, if you get value from it, I say yay. However, what this lovely caller is asking about is, is it possible that we are actually compatible, even though the you know astrology says that we're not? And the answer is, Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Let me break something down for you about compatibility. Compatibility is not based on your sun sign alone. In astrology, the sun is your identity and your will. And the reason why we focus on sun sign astrology with horoscopes and stuff like that is because it's trackable. You know, the sun moves a degree a day. There's not a lot of variation. I mean, there's variation, but there's not a lot of variation there. It is not like any other planet in that regard. Also, the sun, look up. If it's not nighttime, there's the sun. There it is. It's identifiable. It's a lot easier to conceive of than something like Saturn or Venus. Just because sun sign astrology is popular in pop culture and in the media, and it has been for for a very long time, that doesn't mean that it is the only part of astrology that you should concern yourself with, or the most valid or most real part of astrology. The thing about the sun is it's your identity, okay? It's your sense of self. It is really important to feel seen in the way that your sun sign wants you to feel seen. However, when we look at your whole birth chart, what we can see is what the other planets are doing and what they're doing to your sun. So that'll explain why, let's say you're a Leo and everybody says that you should be like dancing on tables and like twirling your mane and you're actually like super introverted and question yourself all the time. That's probably because you have Neptune or Saturn in hard aspect to your sun, or maybe you have a, your sun and Leo in a water sign house. I could go on and on. There's a lot of combinations. There's a lot of combinations of planets. There's a lot of different implications of placement and degree that make up a human nature. Your human nature is unique and beautiful and complicated and messy. 
It is your greatest strength and your greatest liability. Man, your nature is so much more than how you show yourself to others in person, how you show yourself to others online. It's so much more than your sun sign. So I'm going to give you a cheat sheet. And here it goes. Your sun is your identity and it's your sense of self. Your moon is your feels. It's how you emotionally digest information and it's what you feel, what you need, what you want. It's how you seek to take care of others, but also how you want to be cared for. That's your moon sign. Already, doesn't that seem a little more relevant for like your bestie or your long-term partner? Mercury is your mind. Its energies tend to be platonic as opposed to sexual or romantic. Although a lot of people have their love life and their love relationships deeply oriented through communication. And that could be through like having super idealistic communication or romantic communication, or it could just be that, you know, it's a make or break detail of whether or not you can be with someone. So how you think, how you process information, how you communicate, your mental pace, how you listen. That's Mercury. Venus is how we connect. It's romantic. It's diplomatic. It's about sharing and collaborating. Venus is also a hooking up planet. So it's not like a hard boning planet. If you're a person who has sex in a way that is related to bones, I don't know. But it's not like a fornicating planet. It is uh, connecting through romance and body. It is a planet that is associated with so many parts of the feelings that come up when you are being intimate with someone. And when I say intimate, I don't just mean a romantic and sexual intimacy. I mean, Venus is kind of like if you work in customer service, you're having to run your Venus a lot. It's like how you make other people feel and how you respond to people. It's very Venusian. Mars is ambition and aggression and assertion. It is fornicating. It is fighting. Mars is how you physically move through the world and how you physically connect with others. Whether or not you have chemistry with someone is about Mars. Again, you see, it's not just about the sun, whether or not you could be with someone, because if you're besties with someone, if you're business partners with someone, if you're lovers with someone, your Mars connection or your individual Mars is incredibly important. You see, you capiche? Mars has everything to do with whether or not your pacing through difficulty and through getting things done is going to be compatible. And how your Mars functions in your birth chart has everything to do with your ability to follow through with boundaries and to follow through with commitments you've made. Now, then we get into the slower moving planets, the outer planets we get into Jupiter. Now, Jupiter is really expansive. Where we find Jupiter in the birth chart is where we want to expand into the person that we want to be with others. It's in many ways related to idealism and big picture thinking. So if you're going out drinking with your friends, if that's like a big part of your life, that's your Jupiter. If you're religious or you're in college or university, that's your Jupiter. And when we're in relationships with people and we don't feel like it's growing anywhere and we don't feel like we're learning things, not in like day to day, like what'd you do today? But like learning things, growing together, Jupiter gets hella sad. And that's where Jupiter kind of gets restless and does selfish things. Then we look at Saturn. Saturn is your internal structure as a human being. That's a big deal, right? Saturn is related to ambition in a different way than Mars. It is related to your life goals and how you approach your life. It's your sense of safety. And let me tell you this, my friends, a lot of people get married or partnered through Saturn, not their son, Saturn. 
because they're looking for someone who can provide, whether it's provide money or security or babies. You know, there's a way that Saturn plays a really strong role in monogamy and long-term commitment. The thing about Saturn is it can be very fear-driven, but it's also very structural. So where you have Saturn in the birth chart and how it touches the rest of your chart is deeply important to the longevity of your relationships and your sense of fulfillment and safety within your relationships. Uranus is your autonomy. It's your sense of self. It is how you do you. (laughs) And if you feel stuck and if you feel like you're not allowed to be authentic or true to yourself, if you feel like you don't have space to really explore your own inner world and the world around you in a way that's self-appropriate, you will get really in your head in accordance with the way that Uranus functions in your birth chart. So Uranus is really important. When you stop being interested in your own self, when you stop being true to your own self, There's no relationship that's going to be enough for you. It's not how life works. So because we're living in a time in human history, certainly in the Western world, where we marry for love, and when we don't feel personally satisfied, we have a sense of agency that we can do something about it. This is where Uranus comes in. Uranus is like, I'm going to burn it to the ground, (laughs) or I'm going to totally disassociate, live my whole life uh, playing video games on my phone, whatevs. That's another thing that Uranus does because Uranus governs technology. Okay, I'm not done. Two more planets. Stay with me, guys. Neptune is idealism. It's romance. It's kind of impersonal love. It's the sense of expansiveness, a sense of expansiveness that goes beyond just like me and you and what we're doing today. It's a sense of having a calling. And that calling can be to service to a person, to a thing, to an ideal. Neptune in the birth chart is essentially a spiritual place. It's also a deeply psychological place. It depends on your nature and your situation. Where we have Neptune in the chart, we have a tendency to idealize others or to be idealized by others. The, there can be something really romantic about that, but the downside is when we get too romantic, we're not seeing others as they are and we're not accepting others as they are. So this is a really important planet to consider when looking at your life in general and your relationships in general. And that finally brings us to Pluto. And Pluto is really the intense planet of the zodiac. It's the most intense planet of the zodiac. If you have a self-destructive nature, many forms of addiction, you know, if you come from trauma or abuse, we're going to be looking at Pluto. And regardless of how old you are, when you come from trauma and abuse, when you come from a history of addicts or people with certain kinds of mental illnesses, that Pluto stuff is always activated in your relationships. So that doesn't mean you'll always have negative or bad relationships or hard relationships, but it means that there is a calling at play to really go deep and refer back to whatever triggers you have around your traumas and to make conscious and intentional choices. Where we have Pluto in the birth chart is where we are not meant to fuck around. It is where we are meant to accept what we're feeling or what we're going through to make as healthy, regenerative, and transformational choices as possible, and then to let go of control. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Just kind of everything. This is my, my little cheat sheet. And if you were not able to totally keep up because A, I talk way too fast, and B, that was a lot that I data dumped on you, you should know that I have a book coming out the end of 2019 on this very topic on relationships through all the planets and not just the sun. I'm really excited about it. I don't even think I'm supposed to be announcing it yet. This is not an announcement, even though I just literally announced it. I'm just letting you know that that is coming and I'll tell you more about it later. So the thing that I want you to really hear in this is that when when you 
you know, like this caller have this question of compatibility. And I get tons of questions from people of like, well, you know, you know, my son is in cancer and therefore I'm this. That is one part of you. And it might be the part of you that you have astrological context to understand, but it is not all of you. Let's say you're like really inspired by this and you go, you, let's say you go to my website and you get that little free thing that I have on my, my website of like telling you where all the planets are in your birth chart. Yay. Good on you. Now you've figured some stuff out, but here's the thing. That's just one little starting point because once you understand what each individual planet means, and then each planet means in a particular sign, then you have to add the layer of the planet in a sign in a house because a house means a thing, a sign means a thing, a planet means a thing. So that's our starting point. Then you need to look at aspects. So the geometrical relationship between all the planets and meaningful points in your birth chart. So let's say now you've done all of those things. You've, you've learned all of those layers, which TBH, that's a lot of work. You really got to be studying astrology to be able to get all of those things. But let's say you do it. Let's say you're a student of astrology and that's what you're doing. To become a data collector with astrology is what a lot of people do. And it's interesting, right? But if what you're trying to do is to heal, whether it's to do deep healing work within yourself or to help others heal, here's the magic move, my friends here's the magic move. You have to synthesize the data. We are not just our parts. We are the sum of our parts. And some of this, as I talked about in last week's episode, is about the soul. Some of this is about the uniqueness of our soul and how our soul integrates all of these details. Because we are not just math, right? We are not just bones and cells. We are so much more. And so there's an element here of don't forget that we're talking about people and that you're a person. And it's not about what you should be able to do or who you should be. It's about understanding the conditions that you're working with, understanding the assets and liabilities that are inherent to your nature, and understanding that astrology doesn't create those things, it describes those things. Being able to use your nature, aka use your birth chart, as a way to overcome your nature or to make the most of your nature, that shit right there is magical. It is so useful but it cannot be done through sun sign astrology alone. And when we fixate on compatibility astrology, what we do is we take the onus away from the self and we fixate it on the other. And when we do that, we do not like the results. When your primary investment is in what we should be or what I should be or what you're saying or what you're doing instead of what I'm choosing to do and what I'm consenting to, when we do any of that, we feel confused, we feel anxious, we feel unhappy. Being able to accept, truly accept who you are or where you are, instead of just understand it. Astrology gives you the tools for understanding who you are and where you are. But you must choose on a soul level, on an emotional level, as much as on a mental level, to accept it. And acceptance is very difficult. It's very simple. My friends, it is very freaking simple, but it is very difficult. Acceptance is not struggling against what you think should be or shouldn't be, what you wish it was or what you thought it should, was going to be. It's about really just being present in this moment and accepting it for what it is. A lot of times people feel that that's giving up or it's consent to conditions that you're unhappy with, but it isn't. Acceptance is simply awareness. It's presence. It's not agreement. 
when we can accept our nature, when we can accept our moment, we become free. We become free to make choices from this moment and within our nature or situation. Honestly, even if your situation sucks butts, I don't know, maybe you like sucking butts, but you know what I'm saying. Like, even if it is awful, when you can accept where you're starting from, when you can be truly present in this moment, then you can see what choices you have directly in front of you. They might not be great choices, but they're your choices. And you can make the best possible choice for you in this moment in your situation and build from there. Because the truth is, you know, I get endless questions from you guys about I'm lonely and I've been lonely for a year and I don't know what to do. Or I haven't figured out my calling and I don't know what to do. When we look for the fix, we never figure out what to do because you are not a broken piece of machinery that needs a fix. That's not it. What you are is an organism. You are universe. And what you need is to start with accepting where you are and look in front of you. What is the next step? What is the next step? Is it a shift in attitude? Is it patience? Is it asking for help? Is it creating a plan? Is it getting connected to your big picture ambition so that you can see what you're doing in the small picture, what you're doing in the here and now to take you further from that goal or closer to it? I don't know. It's different for everyone at every moment. That's the kind of thinking that will get you what you want out of your life. It just takes a little bit of faith and a little bit of patience. Those two things tend to be in short supply, right? The good news is you can generate those things without money, without buying products of your own volition. And that is what I hope you do. My loves, this is some stuff I really been wanting to say to you. I hope it is helpful. I hope you find ways of applying it. And as you move forward and you enjoy sun sign astrology, and please do, I write hella horoscopes, weeklies, bunch of monthly horoscopes. I love, I love sun sign astrology. You want to understand that it is, it's like wearing impractical shoes that are super cute. They're not enough. Eventually they'll have something negative for you. You know, it'll hurt your back, something like that. The reality of the situation is it's not the whole thing. Anyways, hope that helps you. Helps me. I needed to get that shit off my chest. Let's talk some more astrology. So we're going to look at the week of April 21st through the 27th, 2019. And if you haven't already signed up for the event I'm doing in Montreal that you can attend virtually or in person on April 27th, you can do that on my website by going to the events page at lovelaniato.com slash events. But we're going to get into the astrology of this week. And I think it's particularly interesting that we had that full moon in Libra, the second full moon in Libra of the year, which is unusual. Usually there's only one full moon per sign per year. And that event was so much about relating and relationships and compromise. And now on the 22nd, we will have a sun conjunction to Uranus, an exact conjunction. So you'll start to feel its effects on the 21st and you'll feel the effects through the end of the 23rd. And what this particular transit does is it creates a real me, 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 me story. It is absolutely a transit in which you can expect to have upsets. You can expect to be surprised. This is a time where the focus is on how free I feel, how authentic I feel, what I need, um, whether or not I'm willing to compromise. So it is very much about 
you. And if there's ways in which on the full moon in Libra on the 19th, you weren't being honest with yourself, you were actively repressing or lying to yourself or to others about what your needs are and what's true for you, you should be especially aware that there's likely to be a kind of a tension that exists around this state. And that tension is not here to torture you. The tension is here to get you to want to be free, to prioritize being true. Now, Uranus governs uh, your central nervous system. It governs the unexpected and surprises. It's the internet, aka fast moving and really all about us all being connected, at least through our ideas and our awareness. That stuff is all well and good if you are at a safe distance and everything in your life is kind of pretty stable. If, however, you are experiencing a lot of anxiety or nervous tension, or that's your nature, this can be a time where you feel extra zingy, where you feel extra stimulated and distracted. And so what I want to urge you to do at this time is to key into the solar energies of Taurus because we are now in Taurus season. So what that means on a practical level is to remember to connect to your body, to this moment in time and to your physical environment and your material conditions, and to find your sense-based, aka sensual, experience and truth at this moment. Because if you just go into a reactive, heady state, then you're going to find that you are really reacting instead of responding. And the difference between reacting and responding is really deep. When we react, it's not just about the moment. It's not just about the situation or the person that we're engaging with. It's about everything in our psyche and in our experience that came before it. When you are responding, it reflects greater intention, which requires applied wisdom. It requires some measure of maturity or a willingness to be uncomfortable Unfortunately, the reason why it requires a willingness to be uncomfortable is because most of the time when we react instead of respond, it's because we are uncomfortable. We are emotionally, physically, mentally something uncomfortable. And so those moments and situations in your life where what you do is really react, what that means is underneath whatever story you've got going, there are some uncomfortable emotions that are yours that you haven't figured out how to truly listen to and be present with. And that right there, my friends, is such powerful information to have about yourself. And it is an opportunity for you to be interested in what's going on within you, as well as what is in your best interest to do in a situation. When you stop being interested in yourself, or you have this very surface interest, when all you're thinking about is, what should I do? What does it mean? What do they mean? What do they want? What's the right answer? This is a very surface approach to pretty much everything. I want to be clear, I'm not judging. You know, we have to deal with things on the surface. However, when you fixate on what should I do, quote unquote, or what is the other person thinking? What is the other person wanting? Or, you know, just fixating on everybody else but yourself. When you do that, you cannot respond with intention because you are only reacting to other people or situations. And that means your shit stays untouched. Your shit does not grow. And situations and people will continuously trigger you in that particular way on that particular level until you either learn how to deal with it or it gets worse. 
I mean, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm for sure not. Instead, what I'm trying to do is empower you to know that as tempting as it is to react impulsively, as tempting as it is to focus on what other people are or aren't doing, it is really where you orient yourself and what you intend for yourself and the way you engage with people and situations. That right there is what tucks you into bed at night and is there with you when you wake up in the morning. And that is what I want to encourage you to honor. So all of this to say, from the 21st to the 23rd, expect to feel activated and try to be interested in what's getting activated within you instead of fixating on the person, situation, or thing that is activating you. On the 27th, we have a Mars square to Neptune. Now in astrology, in my view, Mars and Neptune are the most different from each other from all the planets. And so when they form a 90 degree angle, which is challenging and engaging, it is, it's a, it is, I'm not going to lie to you, it's a little bit tough. It's a little bit tough. Mars is what you do. It's fighting and fornicating. It's ambition. It's getting things done. It's how you move through the world. It's your car. Um, it's all that kind of stuff. It's, it's kind of like the assertion that is in your nature and how you express the way you want to assert your nature. Now, Neptune is all about interconnectedness and it is all about spirit over all things. Where we have Neptune, we have idealism. We can have anxiety. We can have high spiritual experiences or simply disassociative experiences. And the thing that's quite different is that Mars is the body and Neptune is the ether. And so when they're challenging each other, the risk is that you end up feeling anxious, your body feels off, um, the things you try to get done don't really happen the way you plan, or we have demoralizing experiences. And that's the thing I want you to be particularly careful about. Because again, when we look at the big picture and the flow of these transits, we go from on the 19th with that full moon, really looking at how we relate to who and what we care about, you know, and how we fit in and, and how others fit into that. And then we go into this really strong, like, what is right for me? And, and how do I react to things? And what is happening to me or at me? Or what am I supposed to do kind of transit to this other transit, you know, on the 27th, which again, you'll feel before the 27th, but it is exact on the 27th, which makes most people feel kind of like crumbling, kind of like, oh, I can't, this is too hard. I don't have the energy to do it. So where I want to really point you, my loves, is to the process instead of the outcome. It is actually, no matter what it feels like, not super important that you get validation or proof this week, especially around this date of the 27th. What's important is that you act in accordance with your integrity, your values, your beliefs. What's important is that you don't compromise your spiritual convictions in efforts to get a thing done. This is not the time for that. And sometimes you have to do that. It's, I mean, this is life, right? But this isn't the moment to do it. If you find yourself projecting out blame in a way that kind of creates a victim narrative for yourself, you want to be suspicious of it, okay? Neptune and Mars together can create a victim narrative. And this is just a time to be a little suspicious of it. This transit can be tough at work. And if you're in kind of early stages of dating with people, this is not a super sexy transit. I'm going to tell you, it is not a super sexy, sexy transit. Um, it can be a time for feeling like really spiritually connected to a lover, 
but more than having like a super randy time. This is a good time for reconnecting with your own body, but in a way that is in response to feeling called to love yourself as opposed to, again, you know, getting down. Now, in terms of work, what can be difficult is you can feel like you're not getting the kind of support or validation that you need. The good news is this is a brief transit. It's only going to last a couple few days. And so, again, what I want to encourage you to do is look at how you react when you feel like you're not getting enough validation or praise, when you feel like people don't have your back. And to look at those thoughts and feelings and even behaviors to see, do they actually get you what you want? Or are they just kind of an indulgence of feeling? I want to be really clear when I say an indulgence of feeling, I am in no way encouraging now or ever that we don't experience and express our emotions. However, experiencing and expressing your emotions doesn't mean in all environments at all times. No, my dears, it does not. What it means is having a life in which you know that there is space and resources for experiencing and expressing your emotions so that it doesn't have to happen with people who are proven to not be safe or environments that are established to not be appropriate for that. Because not all environments are appropriate for us to bring our vulnerability or the tender parts of our heart. And it is a sign of healthy boundaries to be able to honor that so you can protect yourself and also be appropriate in a given environment. This is just two transits that I'm naming for this week, but man, are they big ones. And I really want to encourage you to stay present, especially when it would be easiest to be disassociated or distracted this week. I hope this has all been really helpful for you to set intention about how you want to respond when things come up. And I really hope that you can apply this both to yourself, but also to have grace with others when they are obviously struggling with it or being reactive in a way where you're like, oh shit, they should listen to their horoscope. (laughs) They're just reacting blindly. Like have grace with others if you can this week. And if you can't, you know, you can't. So my loves, thank you once again for listening to Ghost of a Podcast. As always, I urge you to send me questions if you have them for the show. Um, You can send them to me on my website at lovelanyato.com slash ghost of a podcast. Also, if you like what you're hearing, please do uh, rate me on whatever platform you're listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast and star it. Leave me a review. I super appreciate it whenever you do, and it does help the show. So thank you very much for doing that. If you want to become a supporter on Patreon, I would really appreciate that too. That is super awesome. But you know what? Mainly what I really want you to do is be kind to yourself and others and practice having healthy, flexible, and firm boundaries. I'll talk to you next week. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.